Impact Driven Entrepreneur, episode 164, how to organize your day as a work-at-home mom. Stay tuned. You're here to make a difference. It's our job to help you do that. Welcome to the Impact Driven Entrepreneur podcast, the podcast that helps you to build a thriving coaching company by becoming a thriving, impactful CEO. We do that through the impact formula methodology. And what this means is that you're going to be selling out your offers, scaling beyond one-on-one into group programs, and leveraging a team so that you can exponentially increase your income and slash your work week. It's time to experience the true income, impact, and freedom you deserve. Welcome back to the Impact Driven Entrepreneur podcast. Today, I am so excited to be sharing with you this topic about really scheduling your day and making the most out of being a work at home mom. Especially if you have little kids and you're working from home, I think, you know, and many people experience this during quarantine. Like before quarantine, a lot of people would come to me and they'd be like, I want to build my business so I can stay home with my kids and work from home and have my kids. And what what they quickly realize as they're going through that process is that that's not that simple and it's not that easy to do. And I've known this because I've done this for almost, I'm going on six years, no, five years now of just being home, running my business and taking care of my children. And so I've been doing this for a while now and people have been coming to me for advice for this for that long. And what I always say is like, yes, and make sure that's number one, what you really want. Number two, you can totally change your mind. Um, And right now we're in COVID-19. So this is a time where many people are, are in a position where they're having to do that and they're not really... There's like not really a way out of that position. So I really wanted to speak to that, to some of the things that I've done that have helped me in a, in a big way and some of the things that haven't really worked out as well as I hope so that you can um, start trying different things so you can explore and, and play around with it. And most of all, so that you understand and know within our community that you are not alone. Okay, I want you to remember that you're an amazing mother, that you're an amazing business owner, that you're doing the best you can, and that all of that is perfect just the way it is in the messy middle. I've been doing a webinar that is called the three day work week for CEOs. Um, And I'd love to have you come and join us because it's a great, great webinar training. And we go way into depth, especially on the business side, because a lot of people want to go have a three day work week. But when we actually put pen to paper to go do that, if you actually do that and just cut out your work hours, your business will fall apart if you don't have certain things in place. So I've been doing that that webinar. Um, P.S. You can go sign up at impactdrivenentrepreneur.com slash three dash day dash impactful dash CEO dash coach dash schedule. And I think we're probably going to be changing that URL now that I'm saying it out loud. Uh, But for now, you can go sign up there. It's the three day impactful CEO day schedule where we go into depth as to what needs to happen in your business to be able to support a three day work week, if that's what you want to do. So for today's episode, we're going to really stay focused on some of the things that I have done, the systems that I've implemented in my life uh, to really allow me to be able to work from home 
run a business that has nine people working with me and my two kids are under six. So let's talk about that. So the first thing is planning, 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 planning. Okay. Now, many moms that I coach will be really good planners. They're really great project managers and you're really into planning, but there comes a time for all of us. And this has happened to me where like, we're like, what the fuck is the point of planning? Because all my plans go to hell, right? Like anyone can raise your hand and be like, that's been me, right? If that has happened to you, then you know, like, just how frustrating that can be. However, the planning part um, is so critical because without that, you're kind of just riding this crazy wave with the children's, you know, like temperaments and whatever's going on. And you're like, get into reactive mode. And I personally feel that even if my plan all gets thrown out the window, if I have planned, I still feel better especially if I know that I intentionally prioritize the things that matter most to me. But when I get into reactionary mode because I'm sick of planning and having the plan go to shit, then that frustrates me even more. And so for me to stay number one on track, number two um, proactive, and number three and most importantly living intentionally, I plan my day and I also plan my week and my quarter and like all of the planning happens, okay? So all of the planning is gonna happen. And part of that plan is that the plan is gonna go to shit, okay? Part of that plan is like, listen, this is my plan. And also if I can't get any of this done, I have these three things I need to do, okay? So with planning, I do a ton of forward planning. We are planned out. I think my project manager literally sat down and planned like two years. Like it's insane how far out we are planned out. And so we're planned out for a pretty long period of time. Now within that we have, okay, this is what we're doing this year. This is what we're doing this quarter. This is what we're doing this month. This is what has to happen this week. And within that, there are daily things that must get done um, in order to stay on track with that bigger plan, okay? Now, there's only a couple of things that must go on that essentials list, and that's what I mean, right? Like, if everything else, if my whole day gets a huge wrench in it, at least I will have done the three things. And I structure my three, I I call it a three-item to-do list, and um, the three item to-do list, when I didn't have a team, this is one of the strategies that I used to get my first 15K month, was just a three item to-do list, super simple. It's a marketing activity, a sales activity, and a uh, customer service activity. So keeping it super simple so that all of the little wheels in the business are turning and everything is moving along smoothly. Now, as my team grew and as Um, I started bringing on more people and more people that needed to be managed. I added a fourth item to that to-do list and that is like higher level team type activities. And then most of the time, at least one, if not all of those other three items were taken care of by my team. So it really only required me sometimes to have one or two of those other three items. Does that make sense? So like once you start building a team, the each individual person in that department is in charge of those different things. And so really your CEO 
schedule or priority is really making sure that the team has what they need to go forward with their job, okay? So that is number one, plan, it's essential, and it's going to get you a long way. Next, I use a master schedule. So a master schedule is basically a schedule that I have as like my template for the week of when things need to happen and what things need to happen. So in a business, you're gonna wanna make sure that enough time is put into and um, activity done on certain areas of your business. Again, we cover this in more depth in our webinar. But my point is, those things are in my schedule, scheduled in, and that in the master schedule, and then I copy that into my Google schedule, okay? Because I use Google Drive as my primary scheduler. Um, And this is a really cool thing I do, and I teach it inside of my program, The Profitable Impact Formula, and that is I will schedule, I'll do the master schedule, and that's kind of like for the quarter. Every quarter I assess my time and I say, okay, what do I want to put on the master schedule? What needs to come off of my master schedule? How am I going to adjust things for this quarter? In the last quarter, I did my whole analysis and I was like, holy cow, I need to really work fewer hours, especially if I'm going to be homeschooling, because at the end of last year, as most of you, like we kind of like went into this like remote learning thing. And this time I was like, no, I'm going to go into this intentionally and I'm going to go into this on purpose. And there's a lot I need to learn about homeschooling a child and about curriculum and having more time and more patience with them to be able to get through all of the material that we're going to get through. And so I want to make sure I give myself time for that. And so I brought back the three-day work week. Um, I hadn't done that uh, for maybe almost like a year because I did it last year. Um, And then I was like, I'm going to double down, you know, 2020. I'm like, I'm going to double down. We're totally going five days a week again. And then, you know, quarantine happened and I'm like, nope, going back to three days. So um, with that being said, I knew that I needed to change my schedule a little bit this last quarter. And so those are the changes that I made. Um, and what that looks like. So I'll do the master schedule. That's the general template for the week. And it kind of plans like what types of calls I have a room for, right? Do I have space for one-on-one clients? When would they be? When would the calls be? Do I have space for media and PR? Because I have a person who books my media and PR. If you listen to our last few episodes, I've been talking a lot about speaking engagements and that kind of thing, right? And so since I have somebody doing the media and PR in our business, I need to have metrics for her. But if I have a metric of her booking me like three podcasts a week and I only have time on my schedule to do one podcast a week, there's going to be an incongruency and there's going to be a stressor down the line. So I like to plan out my master schedule and really time block everything, make sure I have time for all the things that I want to prioritize for that quarter. And then from there, I will um, copy that over to the Google Drive, uh, Google document on a weekly, it's all recurring, but then on a weekly basis on Sunday, I'll go through and I'll look at, okay, this is what I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. This is what's coming up this week. This is like, you know, these are my higher stress days. These are my lower stress days. How can I make all of this easy? That's a question I've been asking myself so much. Like, how can I make this easier? That is a question, again, I've been asking myself so much because when quarantine happened, I was like, 
This is so hard. It's too much for one person, right? I'm a single mom and I have two kids. And uh, so it's it's me doing all of the things. And then uh, I have a team of nine people. So like I had to get to a place where I was like not feeling sorry for myself. And instead I was like, I can totally do this. I am totally doing this. That was a really powerful um, realization that I had is that like, I wasn't giving myself credit for the fact that I was already doing that. And probably for most people listening right now, if you've been working from home, running your business and having the kids at home, newsflash, you have been doing it. You have been doing it. Now, are you giving yourself credit for that? Or are you saying it's still not good enough? It's still not easy enough. It's still not perfect enough. It's still not whatever. And that is where the work, the internal mental work is for for you, if that's the case. For me, I had to acknowledge like, hold on, I have been doing this. That means I am doing this, which means I am doing a good job and like all of that. And I had to really give myself a lot of credit for things that honestly, nobody else is going to give you credit for that, right? So that was a really powerful moment, okay? So that was the... Like, that's how I do my own schedule. Now, when you have children at home, and this I started to learn with this whole remote remote homework stuff that the teachers were giving us. And I mean, it depends on what district and what it looked like for you. But for us, it was like four or five, sometimes six hours of work per day for my children to, to do at home on their own. So what I started to do is plan out the children's schedule, okay? And when I first started doing this, I had a really hard time with them understanding what I meant. And so I would tell them what the schedule was. I would write it out on a whiteboard and we had our schedule. And then there was like zero comprehension of what what was being communicated. And so that caused me to like re-explain and re-explain and re-explain everything. And so what I ended up discovering is what is called visual schedules. And I learned this from Corey Tolman, who is our um, project manager. If you can, if you want to go to um, CoreyAtHome.com, she has um, great printables and freebies and upsells that you can do with all of the visual schedule stuff in there for you. And that's what I did. I went to her website. I got all of the visual schedule stuff. I printed it all out. I laminated it. And I put it, I like have review their schedule with them every single morning. So in the morning, what we were going through in the beginning parts of COVID is a little bit, they were kind of disoriented about like what day it was and, and what month we were in and that kind of stuff. So I started noticing they needed a little bit more structure in the morning in terms of like today is july whatever and it's a sunday or it's a saturday and this is like what you know this is what we're going to be doing today right and so that's with the visual schedule i was able to do both i was able to give them the orientation to the month day year all of that going on and then we were able to plan forward and together sit down and do their schedule So in the visual schedule, my favorite part about this whole thing is that there's a morning section and there's an evening section. And it's basically a morning routine and an evening routine. 
And so what's great about it is I will review their schedule with them every morning and it has things on there for them to do. So they have to go make their bed, they brush their own teeth and they change their clothes in the morning. And then we'll walk our dog and that kind of stuff. So it's all visual for them so that they can comprehend since they're they're not full readers. My six-year-old can read quite a bit, but my five-year-old cannot read. And so it's been helpful for them to see that in the pictures on the visual schedule. That's basically what a visual schedule is. In addition, what I started to do is I started to set up my home physically. So what that meant is like if you've ever been in a school, I used to do consulting for a a daycare. So what they have in the classroom set up is like they call them centers. And so they'll have like an area for dress up and they'll have an area for like where you can repair cars. Um, They'll have an area where you can play uh, cooking in the kitchen kind of stuff. So those are called centers. Um, And so I basically set up centers in our home where they can go and do different activities during different times. And so I color coded the center with the visual schedule. And so that way they know, okay, at this time, I'm going to be able to go do the green center or the orange center or the yellow center. And there's options within that. So there's like several in the yellow, several in the orange, etc. Now I know you guys might have more questions about that. So I'm going to explain it a little bit more. So the first center that they do in the morning is their green center. I put it green because it's mandatory and it's also the most educational. So they're going to work on their um, handwriting, their spelling, um, and their math. Okay. So that's like their the bulk of their activities in terms of like making sure we get the curriculum in Um, and they have to do I labeled it so it's like worksheet number one which is inside a binder and then worksheet number two which is inside of a, a textbook and so once they do their one and two on the green they'll have more privileges to be able to do other things okay and then a lot of snacks in between a lot of times in the beginning of covid they were asking me for snacks like every five minutes and so i worked with a productivity coach who helped me to make sure that we had set up our home again this is all like really physical is what i'm finding with the the stuff with the children but we set up our home so that they had their own snack section they could go get their own snacks by themselves anytime um in the fridge or out in the pantry area They had their own snack sections, both cold and room temperature, that they could get snacks anytime they wanted to. But throughout the day, like if they see that the snack section is there on their schedule, it adds another layer of like, oh, I can just wait five minutes until my snack, which has been great because that in the beginning, that was driving me a little bit crazy. Um, with asking for food every five minutes. Next, the other piece of this is like because of the visual schedules, they're a little bit more in tune with their chores. So um, for the evening routine, for example, like they have to take a shower and they're doing that almost completely independently now, which is fantastic. Again, thanks to the visual schedule, every night they take a shower, they brush their teeth, and then they have the privilege of their book and we read together. And we'll also do some journaling and some educational stuff in the evening. So those two things cover most of the homeschooling stuff that I was needing 
you know, to get in. Um, and then in the middle of the day, there's homeschooling stuff, but it's more relaxed homeschooling stuff. So um, like today we saw this like beaver slash muskrat type of thing, like because we live near a lake coming up towards our house. And so we went and we, we followed it around, looked for its tracks, like the habitat, where it lived, like what it ate, like that kind of stuff. And then we started researching it. Um, and so that is like the more relaxed, like, you know, side of the homeschooling that we've been doing. So that has helped immensely in terms of managing everything. And the other piece of this is really tracking my own energy. So like I said, I started working with a productivity coach. Her name is Obehi. Um, she is in our Facebook group, the um, Coaching for Impact community. She's also been on this podcast, so you can go check her out. She's a client of ours, and um, she works with people uh, on their productivity, specifically around how your energy is flowing and how you can be more productive by using your energy pockets. And so what was happening with me is that a lot of my, you know, limiting beliefs were that I had to work from nine to five. My children all have also had to study everything between nine and five, which caused me to have kind of like this breakdown really. Like, because I was like pressuring myself so much to get all of that done between the hours of nine and five. It was totally unrealistic, right? So what I ended up doing is started tracking my energy and noticing where I was more energized. And so I'll have like a small dip around 11 in the morning and then I will have another um, huge dip of like massive inspiration and like boom, ready to go around 11, 12 o'clock at night. And I had previously not really let myself work that late um, because I was trying to get up early, trying to get work done before my kids got up, like all of this kind of like everything was happening from my limiting beliefs. And so I started exploring and playing around with that and I was able to be way more productive. In fact, they're like scripting of several episodes that would normally take me like 90 minutes to script my Facebook Live and my my um, episode for the podcast. Those are like my two long pieces of content that I create and I'm responsible for in the business every week. And that would normally take me during the day about 90 minutes to get both scripted. And for <laughs> when I started doing this at 11.30 at night, I would be done in like 45 minutes for both. And so I was like, wow, there is really something to be said here for this. And so I wanted to make sure I included that here. Make sure you're checking like your energy levels, asking yourself when you're the most energized and that you have a plan for your children during that time because you can really cut down your working hours if you're working on your highest level activity during that time. For me, it happens to be late at night, so my children are sleeping. It's not a big deal. But for um, if it was during the day, like my 11 a.m. one, I have a plan for them. That's around the time that they're going to do their iPad time. And so I have a plan for them around that time. As soon as I have my energy pocket, I'm like, okay, let's go have you do your one hour of iPad time. And I can get some in, some work done during that time. Okay, another important thing that I have realized over the years is that whatever you think 
something is going to take you to get it done. When you have your kids at home, if you're trying to do it with your kids awake and they're up and running and and requiring stuff from you, you're going to want to make sure you at least double that time that you give yourself. Okay. Um, So that's another important piece. And then for that color coded schedule that I have for the children, you may have seen it on some of my Facebook lives, these little boxes that I have behind me in my desk area. So those are special call boxes. I call them call boxes. And anytime that I'm on a phone call or I'm doing a video or I'm doing a podcast like I am right now, I don't know if you heard her come in, but she came in and she asked me, can I do a call box? And so um, anytime that they see me working here and conducting business, they know that they have the opportunity to go do a call box and that's special activities that they only get during the call box time. And they're, they're all super educational. If you search on Pinterest, either Um, busy books, um, brain boxes, brain books, anything like that, you can see how you can do it. And then if you search by their grade levels, a lot of times they they use them for toddlers. This is actually what I used to have them sit through an entire mastermind with millionaires that I went to. Um, So I paid to be in a mastermind and other members in there were literally like $5 million businesses. And then there was like little old me, I was not doing a million dollars and um but anyways they came with me and they were quiet in the room the entire time for two days in a meeting and it was because i had planned and prepped with you know snacks whatever but also most importantly the busy books Okay, and so age appropriate busy books or busy boxes or brain books or brain boxes, however you want to put them. Sometimes they're called quiet boxes as well. And so search that you'll get tons of ideas of what to do and you'll get um, age appropriate activities. A lot of times they use them for toddlers. So make sure you put the age or the grade if you are don't have a toddler. Okay, and lastly is fostering independence. Okay, fostering independence in your children. So as I said, you know, the the visual schedule has been the really the game changer for fostering more independence for my children. But they know because they see that and they're responsible for their schedule, they know they got to go do green books one and two. Okay, like they know that they got to do that, right? So that like fosters independence. When they get a special privilege box, like a a call box, they know they got to pick it all up before they can come and ask for another call box. And so that like that kind of, it's a small amount, it's small, right? Our kids are not that old. But if you foster independence within them, you'll be able to get more done and it takes a lot of the weight off of you. Because imagine you having to go clean up all that stuff. Like some of these call boxes have like sand in them, um, tons of magnets, <laughs> tons of different like, you know, tactical things. There's one with slime, there's one with like these beady, sticky things, right? So imagine me having to go clean all of that up after my call. That's going to make a disaster for me and more work for me. So making sure you've, you know, expressed that they have the independence, but also they have the responsibility of cleaning up and making sure that they're doing those things appropriately. And lastly, let me talk about, because I alluded to this, but I haven't really dived into it that much. And that is making sure your mindset is good. 
So I talked about how in the beginning of COVID, I was telling myself like, this is too much for one person. I can't do this. Like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that. All of those thoughts were working against my ability to get it done. Okay. And so I had to change to, let me see how I can do this. I am already doing this. Um, It is working out. It's not that bad. How can I make this easier? Right. So asking yourself better questions and having that positive mindset is going to be super helpful. And then lastly, um, when it comes to like chores around the house and stuff, for most people, some things are opening up. So you might be able to get some help with it. But for most people, that's still not open. And so figuring out super simple systems for like things like dishes and laundry, etc. If you're responsible for them, if you have a partner that can help you, that's amazing. Try to get help. If you have a child that can help you, try to get them to have that as part of their chores. But if you don't, Um, setting up super simple systems. So for us, for the dishes, for example, it's emptying the dishwasher in the morning and running it every night, right? Like that simple habit can kind of like reduce the clutter in the dishwasher most of the day. Um, And if I don't do it, I see the big difference, right? Um, For laundry, that's not my favorite chore, but for laundry, I, um, if I do a load every day and all the way from washing to folding, and putting away, then I can like keep it at bay. And when I don't do that, that's, you know, it piles up. So simple systems that you can use in your home to keep you on track and organized. And then for things like, you know, cleaning the bathroom and things like that, just clean as you go, right? Like I always think like it literally takes two seconds if I do it the minute I see the problem. But if I don't do it when I see the problem, then I'm thinking about it and how I have to block off like four hours for it and like all of that kind of stuff. And it stresses me out more. So I hope that you found this episode helpful. Um, It's a lot of home and personal stuff. Um, If you could see me right now, you would see my daughter literally on top of my head. Um, (laughs) but, um, I hope you found this helpful and that you go forth with confidence, no matter what you choose for your school year for 2020, uh, to 2021, um, you are an amazing parent. You're doing a great job and make sure to keep getting out there to help those that are meant to have your help. Have an amazing day. Ready to add your next six figures into your coaching practice? We are putting together a special conference called the Scaled Coach Summit, where myself and over 20 speakers are going to be sharing with you all of the details and specific strategies that you can start to implement right away into your business to add your next six figures. Go to impactdrivenentrepreneur.com slash summit, S-U-M-M-I-T, to register and get your hands on this conference with over 20 industry leaders giving you their best tips for adding your next six figures. See you there.